Hello, everyone. It's Christmas really soon. Woohoo! <laughs> um, so, we've been following a series, Waiting for the King. And um, two weeks ago, Paddy spoke on this passage, Ephesians 6, 18 to 20. And um, tonight's entitled, Watch and Pray. And um, Paddy reminded us of um, how Paul was feeling at the time he wrote these verses. And um, he, wasn't, he didn't know if he was going to leave prison alive. He was in prison writing these verses back to his family, his church family. And despite that, he was convicting his church family to stay watchful, to be alert, to pray for each other, for him, to pray for him, and to declare the gospel fearlessly. Not asking too much then. Um, I can't say that being alert is something that I feel at the moment with an eight-month-year-old baby who's waking up three or four times in the night. Um, Here's a few examples of our alertness as a family. Um, Gez, we're we're having a chat, me and Gez, my husband, and um, I was rocking Hosea, our little baby boy, to sleep in my arms. And and Gez kisses his own shoulder, thinking Hosea's in his arms. (laughs) Um, and then the other day I had a huge pile of washing um, and I was busy running around the house. Um, I went to press the pedal bin on the dustbin, the pedal on the dustbin, realised just in time the washing goes in the washing machine, not in the bin. Um, yeah, so watching and waiting. I have the first slide. How do we stay watchful? And wait for God in what can seem like darkness. And um, Paul talks about the mystery of the gospel. And the more I grow in my faith, the more I see God's mystery. And um, sometimes that can be the pain of life, um, the disappointments, hardships, misunderstandings, death, ruin, injustice. The things we can't explain. And yet, God's majesty his faithfulness, his love, and his grace. And we've often heard that phrase, God's love in a broken world. And it's like destruction and reconstruction is happening all the time. And we're watching and waiting for change and transformation. Um, Gez and I celebrated our 10-year anniversary last weekend, um, and we went um, away to Bruges, And on the way home, we were driving, crazy, um, and we went on the Eurotunnel, and there were loads and loads of queues on the Eurotunnel. And um, I get quite nervous (laughs) travelling, as some of you will know. And um, I was getting really panicked and really scared and thinking, oh my goodness, it's nearly Christmas, what if we don't get home? (laughs) And we didn't know how long we were going to be in the queue for. So I was like, do we feed Hosea his dinner or do we wait till we're on the train but we don't know how long we're going to be here? How do we decide what to do? And um, through planning this talk, I was thinking, isn't that a bit like life? Um, We're on the way home. We're waiting. We don't know how long we're going to be here. And all we can do is watch and wait and stay alert. 
And um, one of the ways I stay alert is by journaling, um, soaking and worshipping. Those are my things that keep me connected, especially in the dark times. And um, if I'm honest, I haven't had a lot of those times of soaking and reading my Bible and um, worshipping at home. So, like, it's so important for me to have these times in church where I can do that because it means that I'm staying connected to you guys, but also to God. And um, so we sing that that line in the Christmas carols about as shepherds watch their flocks by night. And in Matthew 2 verse 10 it says when they saw the star they were overjoyed and this verse was written in a Christmas card to us from some dear friends and I think if we're watching for God surely we're going to see great things and we're going to have great joy Um, that's the God I believe in that he has joy to show us through our watching and waiting and um, it, but if we're distracted or bitter or angry or stressed or complaining we might miss it completely and sometimes God tells us to watch and to pray because he's about to do something amazing um, some of the most powerful times in my life have been linked to prayer um, running a prayer room in China and sensing the Holy Spirit amazingly through seeing a massive butterfly in the middle of a monsoon, um, praying for my unborn baby and asking God what he wants to tell us through that and him giving us his name, praying in a group for a young person to give their life to God and it happening the next day, praying in tongues under my breath during a group session and the room going quiet, and worshipping through childbirth and feeling God's presence as I sang over Hosea, you are a child of God. And when we start looking out for God and praying for transformation, I believe that he does equip us for the work he's already started. And we become more alert to his fingerprint on things. And I noticed a change in Enrich, um, the Enrich project, as we started praying weekly a couple of years ago at 6.30am for an hour and um, we also noticed recently changes in the young people as we, so many of you have offered to pick a name and pray for that young person and we've noticed changes in those young people um, and even more recently people, some of you guys went over to the hub and prayed over it because we had a difficult meeting coming up and that meeting went well and positive and it was like, it surprised us with how positive it was. But I believe we were protected and equipped through that prayer. We have the next slide. Um, so Paul advises one way we can stay watchful and alert is always keep on praying for the Lord's people. That's what it says in the passage. And be alert. And um, I've noticed that one way the enemy likes to um, work is by causing division. And Paddy mentioned this in his talk as well, about how easily factions can arise. It might be in politics or in our schools, um, in our social media, and maybe even in our churches. But we're encouraged to pray for each other on all occasions, so that we don't become divided. 
and um, preparing this, I just had this sense of watch out, like really strongly, and um, and pray. And one of my meetings during the week, someone had a picture of um, an army and locking shields before you go into battle. And I think that's what we can be for each other. But we need to make sure there's no chink in the armor. Because we're one body. And it's no mistake that this passage that we're reading tonight comes after all the verses about the armor of God. It's really important to stay alert for one another as well as ourselves. Because one of the most powerful weapons, I believe, is togetherness. And I feel my most strong when I feel that I'm with others, especially in prayer and lifting one another up in love. Um, A few weeks ago, I was reading this book by Chris Lane called Ordinary Miracles. It's amazing. And he writes, it's quite long, so bear with, the role of the church today is to join in with God's mission in the world. He is making all things new. The Christian hope of Jesus' return to put the world to rights doesn't mean that we just sit around waiting him, waiting for him to come. Quite the opposite. It means we are to anticipate the future, to be signposts showing what it's going to be like. Like a great trailer to a film, the church should show people what the kingdom of God looks like. When Israel travelled around in the desert for 40 years... They sent 12 spies into the promised land. Ten of them were terrified by what what they saw. Two of them saw what God had planned for them, a land of milk and honey that God was giving to them. While the ten saw the obstacles, the two saw what God was doing. They brought back a huge cluster of grapes, and while they were in the desert, they ate the fruit of the future, the promised land. And I think it's about eating the grapes while still in the desert. (laughs) And over the last year or so, I've been feeling um, the same picture over and over again about a big wave. (laughs) And um, I do feel like God's going to do something really big here in Weston, but I'm starting to feel a bit like Noah (laughs) because the wave, I feel, isn't here yet. And I've been talking for, talking about it for about a year. But the passage today tells us to watch, to pray, and to be alert. So that is what I'm going to do. But I do want to eat the fruit of the future by praying it in now, before it's arrived. And a friend of mine recently said she'd been praying and reading scripture aloud in her son's bedroom. And I just thought that was so powerful. When we nourish our souls with the word of God. And I really want to encourage her to watch and pray, to continue to watch and pray for those answers. And to be alert for when they arrive. Because we can get tired, can't we, of waiting. And tired of doing good. And um, I think God says just wait a little longer. Have the next slide. 
So another 10-year celebration is um, 10 years since the Enrich Project was started. Woohoo! And um, a lot of the work that we do with Enrich is about watching and waiting. And I've often said to the team, I just feel like I'm like this, waiting for something awful to happen so that I can swoop in and, and be Jesus. <laughs> but it's hard waiting for transformation and change when you're doing life with people, because that's a really long-term thing. But um, in this passage, it says to fearlessly, fearlessly declare the mystery of the gospel. And we've got to do that with our neighbours, with our friends, with our work colleagues, even with Christians. We need to remind ourselves of the mystery of the gospel. And it's Christmas, we're celebrating Jesus' birth, and it's the greatest gift we'll ever receive. It's the start of the story, him coming to earth as a baby. And we've been set free because of him. It's flipping life-changing. And we need to get fearless. Fearlessly make known, Paul says. Um, Embarrassing story. But I remember being on a history trip with my mum's sixth form classes. And when I was five, we went to Germany and Hungary and Poland. And um, I went into the cafeteria of the hotel... As they were all eating breakfast and I went into the middle of the dining room and with my hand on my heart, (laughs) I shouted these words that I'd been taught. I believe in Jesus who died and rose for me. (laughs) I believe he will come again in life, in light and victory. And I also remember sitting on my granddad's knee while he was reading the Financial Times and saying, Granddad, do you believe in Jesus? (laughs) And he said, yes, darling. (laughs) And I said, no, but do you really believe? And sometimes I think, where has that fearless little girl gone? And I know she's in there somewhere. And if if I'm honest, I really have my timid moments and... um, Tonight I'm feeling pretty brave, but then you're not my target audience. No offence. <laughs> um, but do we feel fearless when it comes to the gospel? Do we really believe those things, that he's the greatest gift that we'll ever receive? Is it life-changing in our day-to-day life? And I think one way we can get fearless is by spending time with him. And I seem to always come back to this, this, um, this need to get in his presence and, and really know our Father. Because I think if we're spending time with him, we're more likely to know what it is he's already doing. We're more likely to know what it is that's on his heart. And as we wait for him, we practice that expectancy that he's going to do something. If you stop waiting, you've stopped being expectant. And, and you start coming back for more. And I think we've just got to go and spend some time with Jesus. And for me, it's about stop being a Martha. Weary of the tasks, tired, complaining about how tired I am. 
thinking on the disappointment and listen to Jesus, his heart and his voice, his stories and his plans. And I think it's in his presence this Christmas that you'll find rest nowhere else. Um, I came across, in my phone, I write down good quotes, and I was just scanning before this talk, and I came across this one. Ruin is a gift. Ruin is the road to transformation. We should always be prepared for endless waves of transformation. Um, So can we have the next slide? So I wonder if you could just close your eyes now. And... um, Let's imagine now that we're with Jesus. Where might you be? What might you be doing? Where's he in the room, in the place where you are? What are the things that you're watching for? And that you're waiting for? And what are those prayers? And as you wait for the king this Christmas, how will you remember the gift he gave? How does it affect you? Paul says we can go to God with all kinds of prayers and requests. Go to him now with those things. Father God, this next year, as we watch and wait for your joy that you give, as we wait for your plans to unfold, I pray that we would be alert for each other and for ourselves, that we would pray the fruit of the future, of your future plans in, that we would keep waiting and keep hoping, and I pray you would give us the courage and the bravery and the boldness and the passion and the love to fearlessly declare the experiences you give us to share with those around us.